Thank you to today's podcast sponsor, Sheer Dynamics. Hey there, talented stylists, barbers, estheticians, and massage therapists. Are you looking for a fantastic opportunity to showcase your skill and grow your clientele? Well, look no further. Sheer Dynamics Upscale Salon and Spa is now offering booth rental. In a great location behind Crossroads Mall on 3rd Street in Way Park, Minnesota, they have large custom stations in a fun environment. Enjoy the freedom of being your own boss. They're currently offering an $800 signing bonus. If you're interested or know someone who might be a great fit, Call 320-251-5009, 320-251-5009 and ask for Linda or head on over to their website, SheerDynamicsMN.com. Thank you, Linda Wander and Sheer Dynamics for your sponsorship of the No Problem Parenting Podcast. You're helping us help more families. Digital Audio Health by Cymatrax. Hey there, I'm Jackie Finneman, and after 30 years and more than 50,000 hours of working with countless kids and families, ranging from the severe behaviors that required out-of-home placement to the, ah, she just doesn't listen to me anymore behaviors, there is a solution. When you, the parent, feel confident, when you don't feel the need to rescue your kids, and you aren't losing your cool and yelling all the time, your kid's behavior improves and your kids trust you. They trust that no matter what they're going through, you are gonna help them get through it. No Problem Parenting supports and teaches parents how to be the best leader and advocate for your child. If you feel like no matter how nice you are or how strict you are, your kiddos are still struggling, it's time to get off the struggle bus and become the confident leader your kids crave you to be. All right, welcome back, No Problem Parents. Today we are going to talk all things parenting, aging parents. What a topic, what a subject. I'm actually super excited to talk about this today because I think it is not talked about enough. I brought on my special guests, Kim and Mike Barnes. They are award-winning newscasters from Austin, Texas, but after leaving TV, they found themselves helping their aging parents more and more, dealing with Alzheimer's and pacemakers, cancer surgery, all kinds of health issues as they navigate long-distance caregiving. They launched a Facebook group in April of 2021 called Parenting Aging Parents in an effort to help others that are trying to help their parents. The group includes expert interviews, resources, and a community of support. Mike and Kim have a couple of grown children, and as I said, live in Austin, Texas. I'm super excited to have you guys here today. Welcome to the show. Thank you. We're so glad to be with you. Yeah, it's good to be here. I actually met you guys through Barnes Media when I, yes. back in the day, a few years ago, when I was just, you know, starting to put myself out online and do live events and things like that. And so learned so much from you at that point. I, I tend to keep my chin down now when I'm on the camera and <laughs> not up like this. That was That's a mic big, tip. That's right. Yep. That was one of the big takeaways for me. But yeah, so then at, eventually you guys kind of thought, hey, there's, there's some support needed in this area. We're helping to care for or support our aging parents and... And, and as you talk about that with other people, you started to learn there's other people dealing with the same kinds of stuff. And now you've created this, this Facebook group. I, I want to hear the whole story, how you decided to start this and, uh, and kind of what you're doing now. 
it's been a it's been a long time coming in some ways, but not necessarily anything that we would have expected we'd be doing. Yeah, I kind of get the credit or the blame, depending on how you, you want to look <laughs> at it, because my mom has Alzheimer's. And as we all know, Alzheimer's is not an overnight type of thing. So she started show, showing some signs about 10 years ago or so. And as mm-hmm. it got slowly, very slowly, worse and worse and worse, my sister and I talked to my dad about first they needed to move from the house they lived in about an hour east of Dallas. So out in the country, they need to move somewhere where meals were provided into independent living. And my dad was a little reluctant, but they moved and things were great. But mom's Alzheimer's was getting worse. And we talked to dad again and said, mom needs to move to memory care. Not today, not tomorrow, but pretty soon we need to start talking Mm -hmm. about it. And he was all uh, agreeable and said, y'all are in charge. So my sister and I went and looked, this was in the fall of 2019, put in kind of in perspective. We went and looked at four memory care places very close to the independent living place where they live. And I went in with the attitude, like, this is going to be easy. Yeah, I know my mom. I'm going to figure out what, what what's a good closet for her clothes, that type of thing. You know, it's like yeah. looking for an apartment when I was in my 20s. And I walk in to all four of the places, and they were very nice, but they start throwing all these acronyms out, uh, you know, about UTI, AL, and all the. I'm like, I don't, I don't know, know what any of that you. means. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a whole new language. And I drove home from from that escapade i guess you could say and told kim immediately i felt so overwhelmed i felt i was prepared most people don't feel prepared so they're going to be really overwhelmed mm-hmm. so why don't we start some type of maybe a facebook group or something just to help people yes and he's so so sweet and you know just always thinking of ways that we can help other people and at the time my first thought was well gosh that doesn't sound like very fun stuff to talk about because mm-hmm. it's tough stuff and, you know, and, and as a former journalist, I love doing, you know, telling stories and, and doing interviews and, and finding out information, but that was not necessarily a topic that I'd ever thought, let's, let's really dive deep into. Uh, however, as we watched and as I listened to what people said, and actually probably more of what people didn't say in that year following, we, you know, we, we kind of, we put it on the back burner a little bit at first, just because once COVID hit, we were super busy as we, you know, as we met you uh, with our Barnes T media business, because we were doing so much coaching and training and all of that, because everybody was on camera all of a sudden. So it kind of got put on the back burner and it wasn't until they actually moved Mike's mom, because that took a year and a half before. Yeah, it took from- almost a year and a half, just because, not because anything was bad, but because my dad had to be behind it 100%, because we didn't want to move mom, and a day later or a week later, dad goes and picks her up because he misses her so much. Right. So it, it took a while for him to be on board completely, which was fine. We wanted that to happen. But she finally moved in March of 21. Mm-hmm. And when that happened, Kim saw the comments and realize that so many people are in the same boat that we are. Yeah. He posted just one thing on social media about what a tough day that was to drop his mom off because he and his sister dropped her off and I stayed with his dad. And what I noticed though, was in addition to, of course, the empathy that people expressed, the number of people who said, I'm right there with you. I've done the same thing, or I see it in my future. And also during that time frame, I was listening to and finding out that, you know, I had one friend whose mom had had brain surgery, another friend whose mom had, had had been diagnosed with Parkinson's. And I didn't know it at the time because nobody talks about it because mm-hmm. we all feel like we're in this own little, our own little bubble. And so there was, so there's that. And in that time frame too, I had been stepping in and helping with my mom more and more too, who is single. And so that creates different challenges than even with Mike's parents being married and having to sort of separate them, if you will. But so we just, I I just finally said, okay, I think you're right. There's, there's a huge need and nobody talks about it. And if we don't talk about it, we can't help each other. 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I, my, my dad is 77 years old. My father-in-law is 84, both have living independently, um, doing just great. And so you kind of don't really think to have the conversations because things are going well. And then you go, but what happens when they're not, how can we prepare? There is going to come a time when, whether it's an illness or just aging, uh, you know, that they're, they're going to need extra help from us. And and how do we even prepare for that? What are some things that we can do? And I know that you guys have five suggestions for things that we can do to prepare. So I thought, let's bring you on and hear about those and those listening who are in the thick of it, but also, you know, in that stage of, "Mm, it could be three, five you know, 10 years down the road, but, mm-hmm. but we want to be prepared. Well, and some of these conversations are almost not ever too early to start having, especially because they can be a little bit more lighthearted mm-hmm. and not have to be so in crisis mode of, oh my gosh, we have to make a decision today or tomorrow That's to do something. Point. That's so if a really we can good have point. conversations even with our children, you know, in their twenties and just say, Hey, we've been talking about this. You know, what do you, what are your thoughts about this? Then, then that at least starts the conversation and it makes it not to be that, Oh, we have to have this big talk kind of thing. It can be just sort of a gradual progression. And as things change, then obviously you can make adjustments, but it just starts to have the, start having those conversations. So it feels like a normal um, part of communicating with your kids versus something extra special. Yeah. yeah. First thing that you need to do is talk to your siblings, yeah, especially if, if it's a big family. If, if you're by yourself, the, the good news is you don't have to talk to anybody. The bad news is you have to do all the work. Right. But but right. if you have siblings and, and Kim and I each only have one sibling, I have a sister, she has a brother. And, but the fact that we're basically on the same page, you know, it doesn't mean we agree completely about everything, but we understand about, okay, where does mom need to go? Or where does dad need to go? Or what do we need to do? Because when you don't agree on things, when, mm-hmm. when one sibling says, oh, no, mom and dad need to, to live at home or mom and dad need to live with me. And the other mm-hmm. one says, no, they need to go to independent living or assisted living. Then mm-hmm. things are going to be kind of disruptive. A, you're not going to be able to get things done. But B, there's going to be a little friction in the family because mm-hmm. you're not agreeing. And the challenge that we see, uh, especially within our community, is the the and just with people in general, is that there's family dynamics involved. And so once mm-hmm. you throw in sort of the strange things that might have happened when you were kids, as far as who was the one that was always the troublemaker, or they were the they were the kid that always got their way, or they were the favorite, or they mom and dad mm-hmm. always bailed them out, or whatever it is, all of those sort of personality challenges, or you know, good and bad, mm-hmm. just come back tenfold, if you will, now that we're all adults. And so it's being mindful of that as well, that how do we work together and knowing that you're trying to work together for a common purpose is so important and figuring out how do we do this in a way that, that we get to hopefully honor what our parents' wishes would be and the way they would want to be cared for, but be able to agree at the same time. And it can, we have seen, it can cause a lot of, a lot of friction, friction, which is really hard. So figuring out how do you, how do you do that? And again, those conversations having early, starting those early can really help too, but yeah, just, it brings up a lot of, a lot of family issues. Yeah. The second thing you need to talk about is housing. And where do mom or dad want to live or expect to live or who are they going to live with? When, uh, when, when I was in, uh, I guess it was in eighth grade, I was 13 years old. My grandfather had a stroke and, uh, because of that, he eventually he recovered fairly well, but then he had to live in a nursing home. Well, when I first started, when my sister and I first started talking to my dad about y'all need to move from the house you're living in into independent living. Again, he's, he's very nice and agreeable, loves us, but 
Well, and he and, knew it would be better for your and mom. And he knew it would be better for my mom. But in his mind, he's picturing the nursing home. It was almost like a hospital that my grandfather mm-hmm. lived in. Mm-hmm. Then he goes and looks at the independent living and sees how nice it is. And it's like, oh, my gosh, son, this is the best move we've ever made. So, you know, looking at the options helps a lot. Mm-hmm. And just knowing also what their what their desires would be, but also what they are open to. Mm-hmm. If things are, you know, because of, we're, we'll talk about this too, but if, you know, if the finances aren't in a, in a situation where you can afford to live in this type of an environment or bring in 24 seven care at home, because that can get really expensive, really fast. Mm-hmm. What are they open to if we have to make adjustments yeah. and then finances would yeah. be T- ties into finances yeah. because right. you need to know as the kid, you, you need to know basically how much money mom and dad have, because the, one of the, I guess you could say not worse thing, but an embarrassing sort of thing is that you go, Oh, mom, dad, y'all need to move into this great independent living place. It's only $4,500. It's usually like 6,000, but $4,500. Oh, it's going to be great. Great room, great apartment, three meals a day. Oh, it's going to be great. And then mom and dad say, uh, we only get $2,000 a month from social security. We can't afford that. So, Oh no, you, yeah, now what do we do? you need to have an idea of what mom and dad can afford. Now it, it doesn't have to be down to the penny, but it, it could help if you know everything because know what kind of debt they have, what they mm-hmm. own, you know, the, the, the income they get, whether it's from social security or a pension or anything like that, it just helps. And yes, some parents are very, very private about their money. And I know that personally because my dad was an accountant for 50 years and he is incredibly, <laughs> incredibly secretive about the money he has as and is incredibly tight with his money as well. But in fact, when I was a kid, I had no idea how much money he made. So one time when we're buying a car and the, the salesman or the, the finance person says, uh, Mr. Barnes needs to know how much money you make for this. Uh, we're filling out this application. And my dad leans in and says, how much do I need to make? to buy this car oh fun the guy, guy gives him a number and my dad says that's how that's much how i write that down. oh that's I'm like, genius oh my gosh well but but now my, my dad is so open he, he gives my my sister and me basically statements that show every investment mm-hmm. every bit to the mm-hmm. penny how much money he has just to show and he, and he says i just want to have you to have this so mm-hmm. you know if something happens to me that mom's taken care of Mm-hmm. Right. Because, because he cares for mom, my mom so much. And, and that's why he's so open about it. Well, and I think that the, the biggest thing with finances, because so many people are very private about it. And I think our parents' generation, very much so, mm-hmm. is also having to think about it coming from the perspective of, I'm not trying to be nosy. I'm not trying to see, you know, are you leaving me anything when you, you know, when you pass someday? It's not like you're trying to be uh, nosy in that way. It's more just knowing this information can help us better advise, better care. And, and prepare for what your future might look like, mm-hmm. because unfortunately, the finances drive so many decisions. Yeah. Hey, parents, would you like to worry less and keep your cool with your kids? Are you ready to gain your kids respect and trust without having to teach them a lesson? If you're willing to step up as a leader for your family with confidence, that creates curiosity in your kids and gets them paying attention to what you say, you're going to want to head over to NoProblemParents.com, click on No Problem Parenting, get started today for just $50. Our do-it-yourself online training, you can watch the videos or just listen to the audio on an app in your car. No Problem Parenting teaches you how to improve and preserve your family relationships by getting to the root of the problem and then dealing with and overcoming it. Parents are key players in their kids' willingness to behave. Learn what it takes to be the best leader and advocate for your child 
It's time to get off the struggle bus. There is an easier way, and it's really not as hard as you might think. So many of my clients have said to me, I wish I would have known about you sooner. Often, many of them waited nine months to two years before reaching out. There's no need to wait that long. We have now made this course so affordable that any parent can access it. So what are you waiting for? Get started today and get you and your family back on track. We see so many people in our community who have parents living with them because that's the only option financially. They can't, they're, they're not doing well living on their own anymore. They need more help and more, you know, eyes on them, if you will, or assistance, but they can't afford any other option because 24 seven care is really expensive. Going to a community can be really expensive because a lot of people don't realize Mm -hmm. independent living, assisted living, memory care, for the most part, it's all private pay. You pay you pay out of pocket. So unfortunately the finances do drive everything. Right. Right. So number three is finances. Number four, number four is legal. You Mm -hmm. need to have everything in place for the will, a power of attorney, medical directive, stuff like that, because those are in some ways the most important, because by the time you need them, it's too late. Mm-hmm. If you don't already, if have you them. don't already have one. Yeah. yeah. And I think those are probably the conversations that are most easily had early, mm-hmm. right? Because you can, because that's just a, that's sort of a, I feel like that's just kind of part of being a responsible adult is or a responsible parent for our own children, as well as uh, for our, you know, for our parents wanting to be responsible in some ways to make sure that their, some of their wishes stated which leaves, you know, less room for error or misinterpretation. Mm -hmm. So those are questions that you can ask more easily where it's not, it's not in a, you know, because you don't want to wait to the crisis because once somebody is, you know, we'll have people in the group will say, Hey, mom has, you know, advanced dementia. Do we really need a POA power of attorney, a medical or a, a durable financial one? And the fact is, is at that point, that person can't sign one anymore because they're not going to be considered right. and have the capacity to do that. And so it's too late. And you'll get the courts involved and it and can get really complicated, complicated and expensive. It, it, it really is a gift. And when you say that, you think, oh, well, yeah, it's a will. So I'm going to get lots of money. No, 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 no. It has nothing to do with that. It's a gift that parents are giving to their kids to have everything set up so that mm-hmm. they don't have to worry about anything. Mm-hmm. When that crisis comes, and unfortunately, it comes for all of us. When that crisis comes, you don't have to worry about, oh, my gosh, do we have a we don't have a power of attorney. How do we do this? How do we pay bills? Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, that doesn't have a will. This is going to go through probate and a judge for years. Oh my gosh, how do we do this? No, you don't have to worry about that. You can focus on the crisis at hand, which again, lowers the crisis level for you, the child. Right. Yeah. That makes such, such great sense. I can see Kim, why at first you were like, this doesn't sound like a very fun topic. (laughs) (laughs) It's tough stuff. I mean, once you try to start trying to understand what's the difference between Medicaid and Medicare and, you know, because so many of these topics or in all of them, I think for me, are things that you've heard of, mm-hmm. you know, you've heard right. of all the news, you've heard people talk about it, but until you actually start diving into them, trying to understand all the nuances and the things that are different, you know, city by city, county by county, state by state, country by country, yeah. it gets so overwhelming and confusing. The, 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 the problem, the problem comes uh, to me, it's a lot like having a baby because I don't know about most people, but, but when Kim and I had our first baby back in 97, I had no idea what I was doing. Kim knew how to change a diaper. She had to teach me. But Mm -hmm. everyone under the sun, friends, neighbors, relatives, coworkers, everyone had advice. What you need to do to help the baby sleep through the night. Oh, the baby has gas. Here's what you need to Mm -hmm. do. The baby's going to start crawling. Here's what you do. They all, everyone wants to help. But when you have an, an aging parent, it's kind of depressing. So no one wants to talk about it. You don't walk up to your neighbor and say, yeah, mom has Alzheimer's. It's stage six. She didn't remember me. 
Got any yeah. advice? Like, no, you, you don't do yeah. that because it's so depressing. Mm-hmm. So, so because that nobody want, likes to talk about it. So, so having it a little bit more open just mm-hmm. helps everyone. Mm-hmm. I I just love this mission that you guys are on. I have so many things I want to talk about, but I want to finish up the five. So <laughs> yes. let's get to number five. Number five is kind of the funniest because it sounds it, silly, but it's but true. In this world it's that we live in. Passwords. Oh. You, you need to know passwords because imagine imagine if like your dad, imagine if something happened to your dad to where he goes into the hospital and he can't do anything. Okay, who, if he lives in a house with a yard, who cuts his yard? Mm-hmm. Well, that, that's something that's probably in his iPhone to where he's got the number of little Johnny down the street who cuts his yard. Well, I can't get into his iPhone because I don't have the password. Mm-hmm. Can you get to his computer to get to his email to see any bills that are coming in? Right. Can you get into can you get into his bank to pay a bill? Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many passwords out here in today's mm-hmm. computer age. And if you don't have them, you're lost. Mm-hmm. And I use the passwords in some ways to be able to help assist my mom in other ways too. You know, I'll go into her email and just check and try to pull out all of those spammy scams that are that she gets sure. in her email every single day mm-hmm. so that she doesn't accidentally click on something and end up giving bank account information or things like that, because we have had some scams in the past, but it's so prevalent. I just, I took a screenshot of one yesterday that we got in our email that was, Hey, thanks for this purchase at PayPal of $382. If you don't agree with it, click here. And it's like, Oh my gosh. And so you can see how they are such easy targets, if you will. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I use it to be able to go in and, and assist, or I can go in and check when, uh, when her credit card gets charged, I get a notification. So I can go in and double check that. Yes, that's a legit charge that. again when you really start thinking about it about what you go through what your mom and dad go through you realize there are so many passwords or so many codes or something mm-hmm. that, that 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 they use you know, if you go to your dad's house because he's gone he's in the hospital and you mm-hmm. need to go in the house and there's an alarm do you know the alarm code you know right. stuff like that that mm-hmm. it seems kind of silly but again when that crisis hits if it'll lower the crisis level and keep things a little bit easier it helps so, so much. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. I'm envisioning a checklist of sorts or something <laughs> that we need to just kind of go through. So what do I see behind you? The The <laughs> podcast is only audio. So we'll have to paint the picture for the audience here, but tell us about that. We created what's called the caregiver's key and it's a guide for gathering essential information. And we created it really for a place to house all that information mm-hmm. that we just talked about. Yeah. That way you can have everything in one place. And part of it's because I have had a file folder with all these loose leaf pieces of paper, sticky notes, trying to keep track of doctor's appointments. You know, has, when did she have this, you know, medication? Did she have a shingle shot? You know, all of those kinds of things. So it's everything from what is the alarm code to who mows the grass to what doctors do they have? What prescriptions are they on? What's their blood type? What bank accounts, what pensions, where's insurance, life insurance, health insurance, your Medicare, anything like that. Mm -hmm. Again, where you can keep it all in one place. And it doesn't mean you have to keep all the documents or will or power of attorney in there, but just so you know where it is, Mm -hmm. because especially if you have, if you have siblings and you need to, you need to get to that power of attorney, dad's Mm -hmm. in the hospital. I need to get to that power of attorney. Well, where is it? Oh, well, it's in it's in the safe in dad's closet or it's right. in this file in dad's in dad's file cabinet. Well, you know, whatever it is, but that way, you know, where everything is, you you know, the, the information and the location of everything. This caregiver's key is like, well, I'm getting this today. This mm. is brilliant. 25 bucks. 
it is going to put all this information, like you said, the notes of where things are. So not necessarily having to have the actual documents in there, but it's in this safe. And here's the combination for that safe. Yes, and, yes. And- a couple of other things about the key that, that I really like is, is number one, it can ha- kind of help spur on your parents to think about things because mm-hmm. my mom and dad were incredibly uh, forward thinking because that years ago, I want to say it was 15 or maybe 20 years ago, they paid for the place where they're going to be buried, which is actually above ground. So it's where Mickey Mantle is. So but, but they, <laughs> they joke about Mickey Mantle's on the first floor and we're going to be on the penthouse. Oh, wow. <laughs> so they laugh about that, but, but they have everything taken care of. They paid for the casket. They paid for everything. Everything is done. So, so my sister and I don't have to worry about that. And yet right after we moved mom into memory care, dad and I were eating lunch when I was up there visiting. And I said, dad, have you, you and mom ever talked about what you want in your funeral, your memorial service? But did you ever t- talk about hymns or Bible verses or who mm-hmm. you want to speak or anything like that? And he's like, hmm, no, not really. I said, mm-hmm. oh, here, well, let me make a copy of this page from the caregiver's key and just fill it out at your leisure. Yeah. Again, that was two years ago and he's barely touched it, but Anything that he puts on there is something I don't have to worry about mm-hmm. later on. Right. Again, it helps, helps us so, so much mm-hmm. because those are going to be mm-hmm. crisis moments. Mm-hmm. And if there's less of a crisis, then it's mm-hmm. going to be better for us. Well, and I've heard from several people who've used the caregiver's key as a great way to open the conversation with their parents. Yeah. And one person in particular shared with me that she was able to sort of sit down and say like, hey, dad, let's fill this out together. It made it less that she was being nosy. nosy or, exactly. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was just sort of a matter of fact, like, okay, here's the information it asked for. Mm-hmm. Who's your investment advisor or, you know, yeah. are, you know, where are you? You're a veteran. So where, what information do we need well, to know mm-hmm. about that? So it, it gives you just a place to be able, uh, so it helps you have that kind of conversation so that it does, it feels more just matter of fact, rather right. than being really, you know, trying to get in, get in your business, if yeah. you will. So it can make it easy to start and, the conversation. And the other thing that, that and, and I told Kim just about a couple of weeks ago that I thought about that I think is really good is that for something like, well, you can do it with almost anything that's in here, but something like for cars and, and you're supposed to write down, you know, do you have a car? You know, do you have the title? You know, where's where the is extra it? key and that type of thing. But there's a note section on the other side where you can just start talking to, to mom or dad or whoever you're talking to and say, when was your first car? What, what, what was it? Mm-hmm. And you can just write down some memories mm-hmm. and, and kind of get the conversation going. So it's not like you're grilling them the entire time right. about now, oh, where's that bank account? How much money's in there? And that type of thing. Yeah. It's like, Ed, do you remember the first time you had a checkbook? I mean, yeah, what, yeah. what was that like? Oh yeah. I remember back in 1957. I, oh, write yeah. that down. It's a great memory for you to have and to share with the rest of the family. Mm-hmm. That yeah. is brilliant. And I just, uh, we just launched our, our second book of no problem parenting, uh, resources and stories that create confidence and connection. And one of the authors in our book, Ruth Ann Warnick, she has a company called Capturing the Journey. And I'd mm. love to pair the pair your guys' companies up because great way to start having some of those conversations and stories. It's kind of a twofer, I guess, is what I'm yeah, getting exactly. at. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Love yeah. to connect you guys together. I almost want to make this a two-part episode because there's just not enough time to get into everything. One of the topics I'd like to talk about is how it can feel so alone, especially if you have little kids at home or teens at home. And then your parents are either living with you or you're caring for them as well. And, uh, you know, we call that the sandwich generation, right? Kim, Mm -hmm. we were just talking about a little bit earlier before recording how it can feel like nobody's having those conversations. Mm -hmm. Step three of no problem parenting is all about changing the conversation. And so between the caregiver's key and the Facebook community that you have, I think you're doing that. And I really appreciate that. Let's talk about 
the loneliness of parenting aging parents? I think the biggest challenge is that it ha- it can happen at different times for all of us. And I think that's where it can feel maybe not every one of my friends is going through the same thing. My dad passed away in his early 60s. I was in my early 30s and had young children. Well, most of my friends weren't going through that same that same journey. So it was harder for them to understand. And I think with parents, the, the biggest challenge is that versus with children, there's sort of developmental expectations. And we know that most kids at around two are going to hit the terrible twos. When they're a teenager and going through puberty, we're going to have some of these challenges. And mm-hmm. and while it's not exactly at the same time, there's, you know, in some ways with kids, it's sort of plus or minus, you know, two or three years. Right. Uh, the challenges we become adults because of medical conditions or diagnosis or accidents or whatever, there, there can be a very huge difference between two 60-year-olds, two 90-year-olds. You can have a, you know, one 90-year-old who is, blowing and going and, you know, living at home and living at home and driving to church and, you know, all the things. And then, and then you can have a 60 year old who, because of a condition or a diagnosis is almost bedridden. And Mm -hmm. and so that's where it's, I think it's hard is just, just because I'm 40 or because I'm 50 or because I'm 56, that Mm -hmm. I, that, that it's all happening the same. And frankly, our parents are, you know, had us at different ages too. Mm -hmm. I think the challenge can be is that you can look at your situation with your children. Fortunately, we didn't really start stepping in and helping a a lot until our daughter was in in the end of high school. So we weren't trying, we weren't still running carpool and some of the big challenges of, you know, the everyday hands-on with your children, but there's still a lot of stress and emotional challenges, I think, that come up when you're sort of going from from extreme to extreme. Mm-hmm. A year ago, when my our daughter graduated from college and was moving to New York City, I moved one week. I took four days and went with her to New York and got her all situated and moved in, came home for three days, and then went to Houston to help my mom move to a new independent living community. Spent about four days with her. And I came home after that and I said, oh my gosh, I am exhausted. Mm-hmm. And what I realized is that, of course, it was physically a little bit exhausting because we were, you know, packing. It's a lot and, of travel. It's a lot of travel and moving and packing moving and, and unpacking mm-hmm. and all of that. But a lot of it was emotional. I was trying to get my daughter, you know, situated so that she was launching and excited for her career to start and and in a brand new city. And there was all that excitement. And then then came home and then my mom, it's the, you know, it's on the other end of, okay, I want to make sure that she's situated and are people going to be nice to her? And will she know what activities there are to do and, and trying to help her feel comfortable. Yeah. And so I feel like it's that push pull of on any given day, it's, you know, one of the kids has a question about something and then mom is calling with a question about something else. So it's, you're having to kind of your brain, I feel like kind of is ping ponging sometimes. And often it's in the middle of the work day, you're trying to get work done and you know take care of your own things as well. And so it just can be, I don't know, not exhausting is the right word, but it's just this mental sort of challenge. On you. Yeah. And that's, that's the mental part of it. It can also be super physically demanding. If you are mm-hmm. doing hands-on caregiving, mm-hmm. if you have a parent that's living with you and you're providing that, and you've got kids at home and you're trying to run to carpool, you're trying to help with mm-hmm. homework. And I think it can be really challenging. And so you've got to find those communities. And that's one of the things we found about our, our, our online community is that it's great because 
people know that other people can relate where yeah. some of your friends may, may or may not be able to, but right. we just really feel like, okay, let's normalize the conversation so that whether it's people that you work with or people, your neighbors or your friends or whoever, that you can find that community. And, and we've found that to be really effective within our online community because people just, it just helps them feel like they're not alone. And yeah. it's sort of inv in involving the kids can help as well. Yeah. Because I think that, that we all know what, no matter what age we are, but especially with kids, you know, if you're, if you lose something, whether it's time with mom or dad or, or family time or anything like that, it's going to be a little bit of resentment, a little bit of jealousy, whatever it may be. It's, you know, especially when you're talking about old grandparents type of thing. Yeah. Oh, oh, spend all your time with grandpa. I'm not in time with me. I don't like that, that type of thing. So to me, the best thing, and I learned this from my dad is to get the kids involved. And that doesn't mean you're making them do all the work and you don't take it the, the wrong way in that way. But like when, like I said earlier, when my grandfather had that stroke and he still lived 20 minutes away, 15 to 20 minutes away uh, in Dallas. And so every weekend, my dad would go check on him. On the weekends, I would often go with my dad and he said, come on, son, let's go with me. And good father, son time together. So I felt like I had a little bit of ownership. I got to see my grandfather, got to check on him. We'd go run some errands while we were out and do some other things, but it, it made it where it was still more of a family type of thing. It wasn't the case of where, okay, I'll be back later. Y'all do whatever you want. Yes, I'm right. My father. And, and, and having, keeping them involved just, just helps so much. And I've tried to do that with, with, with my kids where my son, well, they're both brilliant with computers and that type of thing. But, but if my dad ever has a computer problem, I can usually help, but there are times when I'll say, Brandon, would you help your grandfather with this? He loves to do it. Bonding. And, and it gives him a little, you know, a little bonding Keep between two yeah. and, and, and gets him yeah, engaged is a, is a, is a good. And it's good, good role modeling then too. Those experiences, yeah. just like you had when you were younger, now you can mm -hmm. use, you're using those and, and you're like passing mm -hmm. those down to your son as well. Yeah. Exactly. I didn't even think to bring this up until now, but as a senior in high school, my, my grandmother, my mom's mom, it was 80, 81 had 15 children, right? So with 78 of us grandchildren oh and my gosh. lived in a lake home, her and grandpa had, had uh, the family had built them this little lake home. And then two years later, my grandfather had passed. And so now, you know, fast forward, oh gosh, a good 10 years or so, grandma living in the home alone. But then she started, she had cataracts, her, she had some arthritis, different things going on and wasn't moving around as great, but mentally there, right? And uh, they were talking about putting her in assisted living. And I just was so upset. I thought, no, as a 17 year old at the time, I was like, grandma is not moving to assisted living. I'll go live with her. I'll go care for her. And there was this big thing about it. some people were like, oh, that's so great and so sweet. And then, but you're in your senior year of high school. And then there was the other side of the family that was like, uh, absolutely not. You know, you're not, we don't want that burden on you. You know, you're, you're a senior in high school. You should not be doing that. And I just remember having a really tough conversation with my mom and saying, I will never forgive you if you don't let me go live with grandma. I was just super mm -hmm. determined that I needed to be able to go do that. Mm -hmm. And I think back on that now, that had to be such a hard decision for my mom. I can only imagine the conversation she had with her 14 siblings, yes. you know, or well, the living, the, the siblings that were living at the time. But um, yeah, lo and behold, I was able to move in with grandma and I I got to spend that year with her. And unfortunately, wow. just about a year, uh, that the following year, she ended up having a stroke and was hospitalized and passed, you know, within a few weeks, but I cherish that time that I had with her. Mm -hmm. And, but that is a tough conversation. I can, like I said, I just wish almost I could have been a fly on the wall back then. Sure. Uh, and what my mom and her siblings had to discuss, uh, with me being able to move and, and, and be there for her. And, and that's such a great example of being able to be part of where it could be a positive experience. Cause I think the, the, the challenge can be is that 
like making sure that you figure out ways that it be as positive as possible, because it is, you know, a reality that if you're having to split your time, if you're having to split your attention, if you're having to do a lot of physical hands-on caregiving, that it can be difficult for the children, especially depending on what age they are to watch that or be part of that, or, you know, see their potentially see their grandparents in not such a great light if light if you are if they have advanced Alzheimer's or things like that that oh, can right. be really yeah. really hard. So I, we always talk so much about that communication is so important mm-hmm. just to to keep those dialogues you know, keep that conversation the open, open and, yeah. and the dialogue going so that yeah. everybody can kind of feel like they have um, you know buy into it. You know our kids are hilarious. My father in law looks so forward to just. Uh, a, a FaceTime call and he'll get, you know, our son will start it. He'll get his, his sister on and then he'll call us. And his dad just thinks it's, it oh, is the most, I mean, I it can be five it. minutes and it is yeah. makes his week. Yeah, yeah. He loves it. Yeah. And being yeah. able to teach it's him and, small and, and minor. Yeah. Yeah. I love oh. it. It's so great. This is just uh, such a great topic. I'm, I love, like I said, I just love the company. I love what you're doing. The caregiver's key is genius and, and step two of no problem parenting. I, it's all about preparing for the worst. When we feel prepared, when we are prepared, we're empowered, right? We're more confident. Uh, and so I think that's exactly what you're doing here with that caregiver's key for the aging parent, but also for you guys, the, the mm-hmm. children, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or for us. And so we can prepare for the quote unquote worst so that we're able to respond instead of react. And we can be more matter of fact about these and have it less emotional, mm-hmm. right? And have these wonderful conversations our, with our aging parents. So I just appreciate you coming on the show. We will probably do a part two episode at some point. <laughs> um, well, yeah, there's there's so there's much. So much to talk I mean, about. there's so much. But until then, yeah. uh, parents can go to Parenting Aging Parents on Facebook, and again, we're going to have a link in the show notes for that, and they can just jump right in and join the conversations. You can go to the website parentingagingparents.com, and that has everything as far as you can get to the right to the Facebook group from there. We also have the Caregivers Key. We have some other resources. Uh, we have a membership for those people who do want to get a little more attention, have live Q and A's with experts, uh, be able to have a chance to ask us questions, things like that, uh, to be able to help get their questions answered and just in some ways, just get to the right step. What's the next, what's the next step? Because a lot of times there's so much overwhelm that we don't even know where to start. So where do you start and where do you go next? Yeah. Cause most people need to realize you just can't do it by yourself. And you need some help. It's okay to talk about it and know that we're all in this together. We're just trying to help everyone. I appreciate it all so much. I can't wait to go get my caregiver's key and have that conversation with my dad as soon as it arrives <laughs> or begin the conversations, I should say. Yes. Sure that it's not like you fill this book out in one day. <laughs> right, right. Baby all steps. right. Yeah, exactly. Well, thanks so much for being with me today, guys. Oh, Thank we loved you. it. All right, parents, that's it for today. Make sure you head over to the website, noproblemparents.com. Sign up to get our emails. We're going to be giving away tips, tools, techniques, and resources, updates on podcast episodes, roundtable events, and more. Check out noproblemparents.com. For now, hugs and high fives. You got this.